The following podcast is presented by Ensign Services, Inc., a company engaged in the business of providing contracted for administrative and back office type support services to post-acute healthcare clients. Ensign Services provides accounting, human resources, compliance, legal, risk management, information technology, training, construction support, and other such miscellaneous services to its clients. These contracted for services are available to be utilized at the sole discretion of its clients. References within the podcast to the company and its activities, as well as the use of the terms we, us, its, our, and similar terms used during the discussion are not meant to imply that Ensign Services, Inc. or the Ensign Group, Inc. has any direct operational control, supervision, or direction of the independently operated post-acute healthcare entities. Okay, we are excited to be here. Ursula, your first podcast, Raising very the excited. Leadership Standard. Yes. So, Ursula, you joined us, what, over a year ago? Yeah, in August of 2022. Okay, just over a year ago. So, not a lot of people know Ursula. She's kind of our leader of our, our human resources team. And and maybe just so people can get to know you, let me, what's, what's something not a lot of people know about you? Let's see. I think a lot of people don't know that after college, I moved to Hawaii and I was a cocktail waitress on the beach at a restaurant called Hula Grill. Wow. Yeah. Which island? It was Maui. Oh my gosh! That's uh, was that uh, in that in the Lahaina area? Or yes, it area? was. It's just north of Lahaina, and I lived in the hills um, there. Um, like a full year, or how long was it? No, I was supposed to be there a whole year, but I realized that if I actually wanted to do well on the LSAT and go to law school, I had to leave Hawaii. That's awesome. So it was a little less than a year, but I, yeah, lived in the hills of Hawaii. You liked it? I loved it. Yeah, I loved it. I had my only transportation was a purple bike I bought from Kmart and probably one of the best times of my life. That's awesome. All right. Well, I love that. That's, uh, I want to go spend a year in Hawaii and just go find myself. Connor, what do you think? Good idea? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> All right. So we've done a ton of podcasts. I shouldn't say a ton. We've done several podcasts. I know with Carissa and and I think with, uh, I, I know Jess and, and others have been involved and a lot of it's on feedback. And so you introduced something to me a while back and I know you've done some trainings on, on something that's called feed forward interviews and, and that kind of you know, we're we're used to looking at people, seeing what they've done, and uh, and then you know giving them feedback on that. And you're saying there's something that is more effective called feed forward interviews, and you seem to be really passionate about this. So maybe start by telling us what this is and and kind of what it comes from. So this is a type of interview that was developed by uh, Professor Avi Kluger. He is a professor at the Hebrew University Business School in Jerusalem, and he's a professor of Mm. organizational psychology. And so his studies were around how to get employees to uh, perform the best in the workplace. That's Mm -hmm. kind of what his study is. And so he developed something called this feed-forward interview. Which is what feedback is, right? But he's saying we're kind of doing it wrong or we need to add to it. Yeah, so a lot of the studies that he talks about in his articles, and I actually recently read one in the Harvard Business Review as well Mm -hmm. called Diversity Meets Feedback, and feedback situations can cause people actually a lot of stress. Yeah, I think we can relate to that. Yeah. On both sides, receiving it and, and giving it. 
Yeah, the manager yeah. feels a lot of stress too, which I think is yeah. overlooked. Yeah, um, agreed. <laughs> but I mean, even these studies show that people's heart rates go up, yeah. right? And even if the person has the best intent, the manager and is doing it with the you know the the greatest focus on developing the person, it still causes a lot of anxiety and fear. Okay. All right. So this is different. Something that he's developed. It's it is different, and it can be used. Um, alongside feedback, which mm-hmm. I really like that concept. I mean, we'll get into a little bit more of what it looks like, but what it really does is it really develops that relationship mm-hmm. between that manager and that employee, right? Okay, so you're not saying throw out feedback with this feed-forward process. This is something to be used in line with the feedback. And, and it seems like Really, what we're doing is we're trying to figure out what environment each person thrives in, right? I mean, we, we've talked, I've talked a lot about gardener leaders. I like the term gardener leadership. As a, as a gardener leader, we're focusing on creating a culture so that a seed has the best opportunity to thrive and survive, right? So this is basically saying, how, how do we figure out how to create the right soil? That's exactly right. And we talk a lot at this organization about finding the right seat on the bus, don't we? Yeah. And this feed-forward interview process is a great tool for you to use in in helping you um, figure out with your employees as a team what's the best seat on the bus for them. Yeah, and it's not one-size-fits-all. It is. It almost seems like so many, so many of the books we've talked about fit into this. The the love languages of the workplace, yes, right? Exactly. And, and so many different things. And this, your this is the tool to help us because I think we all know the principle that we should put people where they're going to be more most successful. And what we're talking about here is how do we do that? How do we figure out the soil that each type of person should be in? So hopefully that helps get our listeners in and thinking, all right, yeah, this is something that I need because I want to be better at it. So talk to us about your excitement with this. What 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 success have you seen come of it? So we actually did this. We had Professor Kluger come and facilitate for the entire um, HR resource field team. Okay. And I was I was blown away with how much we learned in a very short period of time. It brought tears to some people's yeah. eyes. I mean, people. Then I'm not sure I want to do it. <laughs> I, I'm going to stay the feedback. <laughs> I think it was just the realizations, yeah. and also the key to a feed forward interview. It's not about being super intellectual. It's yeah. about getting into those feelings of what brings you joy in the workplace. Uh-huh. And so when you unlock some of that for people, sometimes just the emotions come pouring out and their realizations. And sometimes the realizations are that people don't actually enjoy what they're doing mm-hmm. or they've lost the spark mm-hmm. and they need to find something new. And you've made adjustments, but I know I've talked to you. You've made adjustments with people in discovering this, and and they find themselves now in in soil that's you know if we stick with that analogy, the soil that's going to benefit them the most. Um, I I 
may, can you maybe cuz and you say also there they come to realization it sounds like it's on both sides it's yes. not, not not just the person doing the, conducting the interview but the person who is in the interview maybe doesn't realize the best soil for them until you're getting into this is that right no, it, that's exactly right um actually professor kluger shared a story which then i had pretty much the same experience with someone on my team. Hmm. And the experience was that he describes is he was doing consulting work for a bank and there was a teller who was a stellar performer every mm -hmm. year, the highest rank one. Manager never had any issue, concerns about the person. They were always knocking it out of the park. Yeah. So they start using this feed forward process. Come to find out this person doesn't enjoy anything about their job. <laughs> Which is odd because they're excelling. Right. They're, yeah. But they're excelling. Uh -huh. And so through this, you know, feed forward process, come to find out the one time this person had some joy in their job yeah. was when they filled in as a supervisor. Huh. And this, this manager had never thought to put this person in a management training program yeah. ever because they were huh. just. They seemed They're very so good happy. At what they do. They and, were so yeah. good at what they did. They never complained. Yeah. <laughs> and this this manager was like, wait, what? 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 I can't believe this. All right. So that's awesome. So I, I'm sure there's a lot of people listening saying, okay, yeah, I need to do this. So can can we walk through how what are the steps of the feed forward process? Like how do we do this most effectively? If I'm if I'm a supervisor or a partner in our model, like give us some guidance. It's really, really simple. Um, it does take a little practice, I think, not to feel hokey. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, or or too much like you're reading from a script. But, you know, essentially what you say to the person is, I know that you have both positive and negative experiences in your job, okay. right, and in your workplace. And what I want to focus on today is tell me a story about a process at work during which you felt full of happiness. You were energized. And you felt this way even before the results of your actions mm. became known. Okay, so you're getting them. I, I want to review that because, again, if I'm driving and I'm not able to take notes right now and I'm listening to you just, just for repetition's sake, think of an experience where you were really happy at work when when things were just clicking and then and then tell me about that experience. Yes, exactly. And the key is you want to elicit a story. Okay. You want to elicit a story because it gets people away from just giving you very um generalized So as answers. opposed to I'm really happy when I do this, when I'm on the phone, when I when I'm in meetings or I'm naming things that people are rarely happy in. Um but but they're saying, well, it was probably 2 weeks ago and I was in this situation and I just felt like I was adding to and so you want it to be a story? Exactly. That you right. exactly okay. you want it to be a story because that pulls them away from what you were just describing. Yeah. So we're we're essentially helping them re-experience a great moment from their past. Right. And then and then you're shining a light on key moments from that experience? That's exactly right. So you then ask, what was the the peak moment? You know, the climax of that story. And you know, what did you feel at that moment? What were you thinking at that moment? And you then you're you're trying to elicit um, a lot of like physiological reactions and get mm. people out of their heads. 
So this needs to be done fairly soon after this experience, or, or do people have pretty good memories of that? Were there, I mean, to say what's the peak moment? Uh, does that mean where they were just most thrilled and and yeah. driven? Well, yeah, exactly. And the thing about, I, th- I think we probably all know, the thing about emotions is you can, when they're attached to memories, they last a really long time. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you can remember things from your childhood that yeah. were, you know, amazing or sad. Yeah. Right. Like you'll you'll be able to remember those. So that's another way, reason why you want to um, get someone into a story mode and mm-hmm. then into emotions. And so that's why you can see sometimes people cry and they could be crying out of joy, actually, yeah. because they, they got joy out of it and maybe they've forgotten it. Sometimes people forget why they do, th- why they're doing this job. And then they'll remember. So an example of that, I mean, do you have any where, where, you know, somebody started telling a story? I'm just, I'm, I'm wanting people to be able to visualize what this looks like, right? Where somebody's telling a story and they're saying, this is what happened and this is how I felt. Because if I'm interviewing you, I'm not a psychologist, I'm not a psychiatrist, so I, maybe I'm not great at knowing what questions to ask and how to dig in. Uh, can you kind of walk us through that? Yes. So uh, the feed forward process that is described by um, Dr. Kluger gives you really simple questions okay. that anyone can follow. And so the key is when you start asking questions, you know, about that 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 moment, that story, then you start asking them about the conditions. Like what conditions in you, in other people? in the organization, maybe the location that allowed this story to happen. And you just keep pulling it from people. And you just can say, what else? Okay, so what were the conditions? And maybe an example that they give is, I was really happy when I was in this meeting and we were... We were engaged in a discussion, and I felt like I had a voice, and we were talking. And now you say, okay, so what were the conditions that were there? Like, who was there? Okay. So so who was there? Even what, like what time of day was it? Did those things matter? Sure, of course. It could matter. What time of year? That's sometimes okay. important, right? Yeah. Um, you know, maybe what time of what time of month? Could have been near month and close, or maybe that was like right. <laughs> way in the past, right? Right. Um, and you just keep asking, like, who else was there? And what other what other conditions were necessary? And people will start giving you more and more details uh-huh. as they start thinking of it. Um, I mean, I know I experienced it because my first experience with Dr. Kluger was him doing this interview with yeah. me. And yeah. I had the most amazing day. I did this very early in the morning because obviously um, Israel is, you know, like nine hours ahead of yeah. us. And yeah. so I did it early in the morning and I had a fantastic day yeah. because I was focused on what it is about my job that brings me joy. And that carried me through the whole day. So essentially you're helping them diagnose how they were feeling, when they were feeling it, and maybe why they were feeling it. Exactly. Right. And and do do you find like do you find this as easy or or that they struggle to identify these pieces? I I'm, you know, that again, as I'm listening, that's my fear. Do I need to be really good at this as an interviewer to elicit I'm sure Dr. Kluger's really good at this. He's good. Right? You know? But but if I'm trying it and I'm trying to do this as a supervisor, how much skill is needed? 
Not a lot of scale, really. I mean, oh, if good, you— but I'm perfect. Yeah, I mean, yeah. really, it's it's perfect for anyone. Yeah. Um, you know, of course, he is an expert, but um, you can really follow a very simple script and yeah. and get what you need. I mean, some people are easier than others. Some people are going to um, be able to tell stories more easily than others. And so sometimes what you can do if you have someone who you know might be a little hard, maybe a little bit more— um, shy less vulnerable Le- yeah is you can have them tell start with kind of telling you a story about a hobby yeah right okay. you can right so you outside, can you pull it outside of work yeah okay you can start with that and obviously you probably wouldn't do it on the same day but you right. know if you're thinking okay. you want to do this and the person's maybe a bit shy or withdrawn you can almost like they don't know you're doing a feed forward exactly. interview you're just talking to them about exactly okay right and just get used to the process yeah. a little bit i mean i think the bottom line is you've got to make time for your people yeah. and, and make those and make those relationships and this is one way to do it it, it almost sounds like i mean again we've only talked about diagnosing the past, right? We haven't got into why this is called a feed-forward interview, but it almost sounds like how you've taken us thus far would be very meaningful for employees, just the listening, just the being heard and feeling more understood. I mean, it seems like when we get, if you have two people that are in an intense debate, it's usually because one or both of them don't feel understood. They don't feel heard. Yeah, yeah. The emotions drop as soon as pe- – or I shouldn't say drop. They, it, it becomes a lot less intense as soon as both can say, no, I feel like you get me now. And so we've gotten to that point. But why is it called a feed forward? Help, help us go to that next step. So once you, you know, help them understand what are these conditions, mm-hmm. right? What happened? And then you ask them, so how do you feel like you can bring more of this into your work going forward? Okay. So how can we bring more of this to so you? So you're not saying to them, okay, so we need to get you in this situation more. You're not prescribing anything to no. them. You're asking them the question, how, how do we get you more of this. Right, exactly, and help them come up with their own solutions. Obviously— And do you find they do that well? Do you, do you In your experience, they say, I really feel like I need more of this? I mean, I've seen the changes. You know, mm-hmm. I've, I've seen on my own team, you know, someone extremely high performer. I, mm-hmm. I frankly never would have thought, just like the example that Dr. Kluger gave, I never thought this person would have been unhappy or needed anything. Yeah, but after we did the feed forward interview, it it became clear that she needed some different things. And yeah. we've, you know, we've kind of changed up some of the focus of her work so she can get it. Mm-hmm. She often comes to me with a lot of joy yeah. now in what she's doing. It makes her so happy. Yeah. And I, I mean, I just love to see that in her eyes, that, that happiness. And then, of course, when people are happy in their work, of course, their performance goes up. Yeah. Yeah, that, that reminds, you know, the, the classic. It's probably 80 years ago now that, that Dale Carnegie wrote the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. He, he says, there's a quote in that book. He says, people rarely succeed at anything unless they have fun doing it. Right. And, and and this is a great way to find, you know, what that environment that people need to survive and thrive. So so what about the negative side as well? It seems like we've analyzed, um, boy, I, I thrive here. I do this well. I'm, I'm happy in this situation. Um, 
does that is that true with pain points as well? Do we do we help them recognize and analyze what causes them their pain points? Yes, you can definitely use this um, for pain points um, as well, mm-hmm. um, and it's similar, right? It's it's a similar process, um, but you would ask them, you know, what currently you know upsets or annoys you the most yeah. about your job? Yeah, right. Um, someone might say something like, you know, I have to train and I have to develop these skills, but I'm so scared when I have to get up there and, and speak or train. Yeah. And then you go through the next question would be, well, what do you think that's a symptom of? Okay. You know, and try to get them. So you're not just saying, okay, then you never need to train or you never need to speak. I'm going through this right now as I reach out to people for annual meeting and to some people, the thought of being in front of a thousand people on a on a stand, and so I, I'm trying to balance between, um, okay, well then I don't want you to have to do it because sometimes we have to do things we don't That's like right. in our jobs. That's exactly right. And right. I don't. And we're not just avoiding that. So now it's a diagnosis. You're saying of, of okay, why do you think you feel that way? Right. What is causing it? Do you ever find that their answers are just? simplistic, well, it just makes me nervous. Or I'm, I'm just trying to figure out how do I dig in more effectively. You I can, guess we just have to get better at it. I think you can use the story technique. Okay. Right? So I'd say, do you have an experience where um, yeah. you've been in front of a group and it was embarrassing or it was a bad experience? Can you tell me about that? Yeah, you. I mean, you definitely could. I think if the yeah. person is having a hard time and they're just saying, I'm just scared, I'm just scared, mm-hmm. right? I mean, then you can also use it to try to find a time when they, hopefully, when they did perform whatever it is, right? Say that they had to do public speaking, and they were actually okay with it. Yeah, and what was the difference? And then what was the difference? Yeah. Right? Because hopefully there was at least one time. Yeah. Right? That they didn't feel awful or terrified or, you know. And if not, is that the time you say, I guess that's that's when you have to make the decision, can I develop this person in this? Yes. Or... Do I let sleeping dogs lie? Do yeah. I? Yeah. Or maybe yeah. it's not something that yeah. they will ever want to do. But right. but you're spending the time with your person helping develop them. Yeah. Okay. All right. So um I f- see that we're like really helping them sort of diagnose the pain points and and sometimes we might assume it's one thing, right? That's and right. It, and it turns out that it's another. Um, but I, I, I sort of feel like in all of this, and, and, and before I even say this, before I ask you to sort of summarize these steps, because I want it, you know, repeated in their minds, if people want help with this, reaching out to you, reaching out to HR resources, the, emailing them, how, how do they say, hey, can you, we'd like to do a training in our market on this, or what, what would you advise on that? Yeah, I mean, you certainly can can reach out to me, and I can connect you with someone who um, enjoys doing the training. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Raquel Pedersen is a great trainer and loves the feed forward. Jared Anderson in Keystone has used it a lot. Yeah. Um, he's a great advocate of it. He's used it. Um, I, I was in a meeting with Raquel the other day and and they were talking about giving feedback and Raquel started saying, I like to get people to tell stories. I'm like, hey, you know the feed forward <laughs> process. Yeah. She was going through all of the steps that she likes to do. Yeah, we've used it. We've used it a lot. Yeah. And one great way way to use it is actually in interviewing. We've used it a lot mm. in interviewing. Um, we've hired probably 
four new HR resources in Keystone, and they use it at every interview. So by that, you're saying they come into the interview and you're saying, tell me, uh, I don't know, give me a question. Tell, tell me a yeah. time when you were, were thriving and succeeding. Yes, and exactly. What, what, what were the conditions? Yes. And, and then you just sort of ask questions at each step. and Yeah, you just use the feed forward. Yeah. Process And then you find out, because, you know, a lot of times people in job interviews, they just want the job. Yeah. And they're not really They're just trying to sell themselves. They're just trying to sell themselves. You're trying to find the right match. Right. And we do have a unique culture. And we want to make sure that people are going to be happy here. Yeah. And um, so they've used it really successfully to find out. And and sometimes they'll think, you know, this person really isn't going to be happy with the reality of this job. Yeah, boy, that would be if we if we could get good at this, that would be have a real. I mean, it would, it would save us from a lot of mistakes. Um, but you know, stating it the right way, it would make people a lot happier in their yeah, lives. <laughs> it would. It would. I mean, so it's great to use at interviews. Um, it's great to use if you actually have an employee who you're say very frustrated with, and maybe you think it's time for a performance mm-hmm. uh, improvement plan or, or you know disciplinary action. Yeah, because you know sometimes you'll learn things about that employee that may change your mind from that yeah. or help refocus them instead of kind of going down that that negative rabbit hole that you think is just going to end up in in the person leaving the organization. And yeah. instead, you're going to find out something that's hopefully going to make them thrive. Sometimes it reawakens what that they've kind of lost. Yeah. Excitement about the job. Sometimes maybe they're not in the right seat or maybe there just need to be some tweaks that you need to do yeah. to help them feel more supported. Who knows? I mean, it's really endless, but we do we don't want to turn turn and burn people. That's not who we are. Right. Right. It's not good for them. It's not good for us and and it, it just seems like this this would be a really good, effective matching tool of getting the right people on the bus and then in the right seats. Is it is it worth uh, going through one more time? Just sort of the steps of doing the feed forward. Is that Absolutely. can we do that right before, kind of before we conclude? Absolutely. So you would start with. I am sure that in your work you've had both negative and positive experiences, but today I want to ask you about a positive experience. So could you tell me a story about a process at your work during which you felt full of life, very happy, energized, and even before the results of your actions became known? Okay, so they think on that, and then they start sharing the story. Right. Okay. Uh, And I kind of want to pause right there because the importance of that phrase, even before the results of your actions became known, because what you don't want this to become is— um, well, one of those stories about I had adversity and then I overcame it. And I got a gold star. And I got a gold star. Yeah, okay. Right? Yeah, that is important. It's, it's, I had that, sort of glanced over that when you said it. Yeah, it's really important, even before the results of your actions became known. And you find they're able to recognize that, that like, I felt good here, even before, yes, the project turned out well, or maybe even it didn't, but I was really happy right. trying it. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Okay. So, I mean, sometimes people will revert into gold, what you just said, like the yeah. gold star mentality, and you just have to try again, to move they're trying them, to sell themselves. <laughs> right. Move them away from that. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then you ask them, you know, what was the peak moment or climax of the story? When, di- when you know, did you feel the most joy? Yeah. Right? And, and I almost wonder if they keep coming. Well, is when I got that gold star. And, I, and my questioning, so was it the gold star that made you happy? 
I mean, is that an okay question to ask? Why not? And, and or or was it the you know the process and okay. you're trying to focus them on the process because that's what you want to get to is the process, not the result. Okay. Because you want okay, to get out of this gold star. I'm winning. Okay. Right? It's more about the process. Okay. All right. You, then you want to then focus on what were you feeling at that peak moment okay. and thinking. But if you start with the feeling, you get a little bit out of that generalized, I felt great. Okay. <laughs> right? You yeah. you know, you can you can draw them into so even— So when they say, I felt great, do you, you're probing, you're saying, yeah. describe some of the feelings. Yeah. Is where, that how you do it? Exactly. Where did you feel was it? Was it excitement? Was it, it, was it peace? Was it— right. Okay. Where did you feel it in your body? Okay. Did you feel it in your chest? Was okay. it was it a feeling of expansiveness? Did you feel it in your stomach? Did you get butterflies? Gosh, I don't. I'd have to. I need somebody to do this with me. I don't know if I'd be able to pinpoint where <laughs> I was feeling what. Yeah, I know. Not I'm on kinda, the air. I'm kind of um, scared. <laughs> <laughs> but that's when you start, you know, getting into where people like feel emotions. And you find people are able to pinpoint that. I think but, most people are. Look, okay. there's always going to be right. someone who's probably pretty cut off from their right. emotions. Yeah. But I've got to stay, say at this organization, I find people oh, are pretty darn connected to how they're feeling and their soft skills. I think more than in other organizations. Some good EQ. That's I good. I think so. All right, good. I think we're better than average here. Good. <laughs> we're, we're a B. <laughs> uh, we're okay. probably closer to an A. <laughs> All right, so after, so so now we're pinpointing their feelings. What did you feel there? What's what's the next step there? And then you ask them what conditions in you, in others, okay, in the organization, the timing, right, the location that allowed the story to happen. Okay, like what was going on? Who was present? Okay, right? what you know? Who sometimes you'll find people they weren't thinking of actually enabled the scenario to happen. Well, that's what I'm assuming the value of this is, is they're going back and they're coming to realizations that they never thought of before. Right. You're doing a Uh lot of listening and they're doing a lot of self-reflecting. Okay. So then they self-reflect. They say, I think these were the conditions. And then is your next question the one where you say, um, where you say, okay, how can we recreate this? Or or how did you say it before? Yeah. So the way Dr. Kluger said it is, to what degree do your current practices take okay. you closer to or further away from the conditions that allow you to flourish? Okay. Okay. So what, what he's not saying, he didn't come out and say, how can we make this better? Nope. He said, okay, now talk to me about your current practices. Which ones help you thrive? Which ones? Okay. Yeah. All right. Is there anything after that then? I mean, and then I, you know, and then I ask, you know, how can we then help create these conditions in the future? Yeah. Okay. And let, and how can I help you create those conditions? Okay. How can we do it together? I mean, I would think even if even if you do this clumsily, right? Like even if you're because some people might be saying, oh, I don't know if I can do that. I'm not. Even if you're taking the time to try. I would feel like that would have such a powerful impact on our partners, on our employees, on potential future partners, that we are trying to find what makes you happy. And again, even if I do that poorly, I think the effort has to yield some benefits. I agree. And it's a shift, I think, in the way that you interact and you think about um, the people you work with. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, it's also you know, a way to practice servant leadership. 
right? Because yeah. you're thinking about how are you developing this person, that you care about them being happy. And so I think it kind of changes your focus a little bit. Obviously, we all want results, yeah. right? But, you know, how how you get there is going to be different in the way you lead differently. And and we still believe in accountability. It's it's still Caplico, right? And but and you're saying feedback is still something we're going to be giving. This supplements it. I guess just in conclusion, what, what is it that that feed forward adds uh, that that maybe feedback doesn't do? What is it that that it uh, that it creates that feedback doesn't? I think it creates psychological safety for mm. for people and it and it really builds that connection between you and the people you work with. Yeah. And because feedback um can be very hard <laughs> it, it's hard to give and it's hard to receive if you don't feel safe and yeah. you don't have that relationship and I think people are often saying, "Well, I don't want to give that feedback cuz I don't have that relationship yet." Yeah. Then how long are we going to wait? Is it going to take you a year? Is it going to yeah, take you two years? Right. And what's happening in the in between? <laughs> right. I mean, we I feel like we were Clay. We were we were just there at a market leader meeting in Keystone, and yeah. this question came up. Yeah. But I don't have that relationship. Yeah. So so then so we this can't, is do, a, do we, right. Do we wait till the relationship's there. Yeah. Right. So this can help you. Yeah. Is a tool to help you build that relationship. Yeah. Without having to wait a year. Uh, that I'm so glad you you end with that phrase psychological safety. I, I'm just finishing a book by Simon Sinek called The Infinite Game, and and as we talk about even in this next annual coming up, developing trusting teams and how effective that is, it all starts with that psychological safety. You think of when you've been in situations where you didn't have to worry about politics, you didn't have to worry about what others were thinking of you. You knew people wanted you to succeed. You knew people wanted you to be happy. You're now free to just be yourself, and you can now be your best self. And I, I really do feel like if we can get good at these feed-forward interviews, that that can be a great way to create that psychological safety that's going to lead to trusting teams. And the only way we're going to have the successful cluster model is if we have trusting teams. I agree. I think it's a great tool. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming in and chatting with us about this, Ursula. And and I'm, I'm hoping that your uh, team gets a lot of people reaching out to them for yes. help on how to do this. Yes, please reach out. We're, we're excited to bring it to you. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.